0: Let us bow our heads this morning and go to the Lord, our God, in prayer. Well, gracious God, as we come to you this morning, we come and we are glad to be in worship, and we long for things to be back to a settled state. We come, O Lord, this morning and we pray for others. We pray for Glenn Coyle and his family as they mourn the loss of mother and grandmother. And we pray, mighty God, that you be a source of strength and comfort to them as they hold her funeral this day. We pray for others who are ill and sick. We lift up to you, especially Joe Cooper today, who is in Baptist Hospital. And we pray, O Lord, that you bring healing and restore to him his health. We pray that this day. We pray for others, for the many who are suffering for our hospitals that are full. And we pray, mighty God, that you will continue to lead the doctors and nurses, caring and treating, and researchers and scientists who are studying and trying to develop treatments and cures and vaccines. We pray these things this day. We pray for your church across the land this day for so many who are meeting as we are on such a limited basis and for those who are watching from their computers and tablets and phones from home. We pray, oh Lord, and we look forward to the day of celebration. We pray this day for our nation as we see the number of cases continue to rise and the virus spreading across the land. So we pray Lord, and we ask that you help us to do good things and practice safely life during this pandemic. We pray Lord for your church here in germantown as many churches are not meeting still and some are we pray that the patience and strength of the faith be among those and we pray lord that you would long for that day as well that the people can cry out in full praise and glory lifting every voice and proclaiming the name of the Lord. Almighty God, each and every family here has things in which they are concerned about and matters in which they are dealing. We pray, Lord, that you hear the prayers offered from each and every heart. And as we come together and offer you these prayers spoken and made quietly from everyone, we join together in saying the prayer that jesus taught his disciples and from generation to generation the church has passed down one to the next and now we say together our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Now, as I have been in this month of July, preaching from the Psalms, I'm turning this morning to Psalm number 80, and this psalm uh, is written, it has a refrain in it that is the main focus for us today, and it's much like a hymn of our own time in that regard, as you would sing through one part and then you would sing the refrain and sing through another part and sing through the refrain and so forth and so on. Uh, I invite you now to follow the reading, if you want, on uh, page 419 in the Blue Pew Bibles. The psalmist writes, Hear us, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock, You who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might. Come and save us. Restore us, O God. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. O Lord God Almighty, how long will your anger smolder? against the prayers of your people. You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us a source of contention to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us. Restore us, O God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt, you drove out the nations and planted it, you cleared the ground for it and took, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches, it sent out its boughs to the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls? So all who pass who pass by pick its grapes, boars from the forest ravage it, and the creatures of the field feed on it. Return to us, O God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this, watch over this vine. The root your right hand has planted, the son you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word from the 80th Psalm. This morning, my sermon is entitled, Longing for Restoration. Now, restoration is not a word we use often. And when we do use it, we tend to use it on particular things. For instance, Mr. Jim Jones here likes to restore cars, old cars, antique cars. He works on them. He restores them. He spends more money than Miss Peggy would like for him to spend on those cars. But when he's done... They are remarkable. They you see them and immediately your mind is thrown back for those of us who have lived long enough to a- another time, to another place. And you remember, oh, my mom and dad had a car like that or, you know, my great uncle, my grandfather or my neighbor, whatever it might be. You get that sense of a car restored. I read recently that more and more people are buying older cars and seeking for them to be restored because they don't have all of the electronics and the computers and everything that is on them today and people don't want to be tracked. They don't want their computer telling the great computer at Ford where they are, what they're doing, how fast they have driven, and so there is a sense of restoring something of old that was once gone and lost. Another example is furniture. You no, know, we're going to restore this piece of furniture. We're going to give it back to its original uh, color, its stain, its whatever it might be, the fabric. We reupholster, we polish, we treat, we redo, and we restore it to its original look. And so we think about things in that regard. But we often don't think in terms of using this word restoration to talk about everyday life. You know, Thomas Wolfe, in his great novel, said you can't go home again. You know, you can't restore things like they were in the past. Or, better, that the ideal of the past is that in our heads. It's just an ideal, and we really can't go back. How many of us at one point or another have pondered the thought, Uh, If I could go back one day in my life, what day would that be? Well, I used to think about that when I was in college, that, oh, I'd go back to high school. And that was, in many ways, just a vanity, because now I think, what day would I go back? And I can't tell you what day I would go back, because so much has happened. You know, what day would I go back? I don't know. I don't know. So there is that, that idea of restoring the past is something that doesn't necessarily happen. And yet here we find the psalmist pleading, pleading with the almighty God about going back to the past. You know, growing up, um, my brother and I would collect baseball cards You know, and probably many of you collected baseball cards. John Randall's has a great big baseball card collection, unless he sold it. Have you sold yours? No, I didn't think so. I stopped in high school. My brother continued to collect the whole sets of baseball cards for decades. And he has all these baseball cards. And I thought to myself, what's he going to do with them? None of his children want them. And he doesn't have any grandchildren yet. There is hope. So, but when you look back at all those baseball cards, you think, ah, times past, baseball games past. And you look at today's baseball. If we ever play it again, some of you are. I realize that. But you know, you think, ah. Here, the psalmist, the psalmist is warning and pleading with God to restore the nation. The nation had come under duress. The walls had been broken down, the cities raided, the people no more. The Once the great nation of Judah and Israel were now not so much. And there was just this longing, if you will, To have things restored. And restored not just on a spiritual level, and we'll get to that, but restored. Bring peace back to the land. Bring wealth back to the land. Bring good things back to the land. Restore us. Make your face, O God, to shine on us that we might be saved. In other words, deliver us from this time. Bring back, and pardon me for using the phrase, bring back the good old days. There is that longing, that sense of wanting things to be restored to something that is normal. Now, I'm sure that all of you have had that sense that we just want to get back to the way things are. I can remember this time last year, many folks were complaining about the year 2019. And now 2019 looks like one of those shining stars up in the heavens. And so... There is, there is this God, please restore the land, restore your people, restore the vines in the field, restore the crops, restore the livelihoods, restore the things that made this nation good and great. Restore your people, O God Almighty. And we, I think, as a whole, we share in that. We share in that longing, and we need to realize that it is a longing. Now, do you know that in years to come, our children, our youth, will even look back in this time, and they will say, back in the good old days. Back in the good old days. Even here in the midst of the time that we live. So we do. What is restoration in the Bible? What does it look like? Well, restoration looks like several different things. Restoration is from a little bitty Hebrew word, three letters. If we were to translate it in English, it would be sub, like submarine, but it's just sub. And it meant it meant to turn back, to return to, to be restored, to be recovered, to return to in a very broad sense, but also it could mean in a very narrow sense. It, mean, it meant to go back, to turn from our current ways, and to begin to live life in accord with how God intended Sometimes it is referred to as the confession to return to God to seek God, to find God again. Not that God was lost, but that we were. So we had to return to our center, to our portion, to where we knew that God would be revealed to us in our lives. And even the psalmist talks about God sending his right hand, his son, the son of man, whom Jesus often referred to himself as the son of man. And when we return and when we face God, we look to his son, Jesus Christ, for it is in Christ, as David eloquently sang this morning, that we can ponder the question, who I am, that you are the one who forgives and restores my life and makes me in right relationship with God the Father again. So when the land is broken, when life is facing its challenges, there is this desire, this longing, this will to return and to be restored to what we know is right and what we know is good And in doing that, perhaps then restoration will come to not just myself, not just to my relationships with God, not just for the sake of my own peace of mind, but for the sake of the community, of the state, of the nation, even of the world. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine upon us, which is part of the great benediction from the high priest Aaron, that we may be saved. So we have this longing. We look forward to the day when things will be restored, will be renewed, will be for the simple phrase of just normal, where I can get up and I don't have to worry about where I'm going, who will be there, do I have my mask with me, have I washed my hands, is there hand sanitizer anywhere? Did that person sneeze? Did that person cough? Can I come to church and not just watch it online? So many different things. We think that our times are sometimes unique, but as it turns out, the Bible seems to know of all times, and there have been times in the past when the people have just longed For restoration for a return to life in a simple and more normal way so where do we begin with this we begin with ourselves we begin with our own personal relationships with the Lord Jesus Christ we examine them we see if there is anything that would keep us from being well and restored before God. And if there is, we confess it, we look at it, we plead with God to restore us and to make us new. And from there, we look at families, from there, we look at neighborhoods and communities, from there, cities and states, from there, nations. Our view keeps going out until the day. But the Bible even speaks to this. The Bible even says that there will be a day when all things are reconciled. When all things will be restored to their right condition. A day in which God himself will dwell with his people. And so now, we have in our mind, we know we still have weeks, months to go before things might be fully restored. But that does not stop us from being restored, from being transformed, from being renewed, we can go now before the Lord God Almighty and say to him Lord restore me in this time make me strong in this time make me a light of your servant Jesus in this time make me one who Is encouraging at this time. Make me one who is steadfast at this time. Make me one who helps to restore others at this time. Make me one who will lead others in right directions and make life better for them. Make me new. Restore me to the person you want me to be, O Lord God Almighty, that your face will shine upon me, that I, we, may be saved. We've got to get beyond our troubled situation. We have to look ahead in hope and we have to live as a people that know God is able to restore all things and to make them new again. Well thanks be to God who fills this book we call our Bible with his word and who speaks to us even out of the midst of ancient psalms and tells us that all things can be restored. Amen.